John Breach, CBSSports.com, part of the Pick 6 Podcast. Super friends, I appreciate your time, sir. Um, is Sean Payton worth a first-round pick or two first-round picks, as I read today? I don't know about two first-round picks, Adam. That That is a steep price to pay. <laughs> you have to think, if you're bringing in a new coach, it's because you're rebuilding, and it's hard to rebuild when you uh, are giving up two first-round picks to land that guy. Um, I would give up one first-round pick for him, though. I do think he is worth that. I'd be on the bubble depending on my roster. If I'm the Broncos, who don't have a first-round pick, so they're going to have to figure something out, I would consider it because I feel like I have a stacked roster, and if I can get this Russell Wilson thing figured out, I feel like I could be a playoff contender. But if I'm the Houston Texans, there's a zero chance I'm giving up two first-round picks to get Sean Payton because I have so many holes on my roster that – uh, I need to keep every draft pick possible. So I think it depends on the situation. Uh, but if I most teams, I'm probably not giving up two first-round picks. Yeah, if I'm the Panthers, I'm not. I'm certainly not giving up nine. I would consider next year's first-round pick because it's not just a one-year deal for Sean Payton. It would be something that would alter the course of your franchise. So I would consider it. I also can't close my eyes and see Sean Payton being the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, just like I can't see Tom Brady being the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Is there a better fit for Brady than Las Vegas? Uh, you know, I don't, yes, I do. I think the Panthers are a better fit. I think that oh, there are, that are teams. That doesn't mean I think that Tom Brady's going <laughs> to end up in Carolina. I'm just talking about as far as fit goes, if you are Tom Brady and you are about to turn 46 years old and you're thinking, man, this could be my last year ever. I have to start thinking that seriously. Uh, do I want to go to the Raiders? and play against Patrick Mahomes, and play against Justin Herbert, and go to a team where I have maybe the third-best roster in the division, maybe the fourth-best roster, and I have a low chance of getting to the playoffs. So I think that would be the huge turnoff if you're Brady, where you look at a team like the Panthers, and again, the only thing, the only way Carroll would have a chance is if Sean Payton went there and things right. would have to get crazy. But just from, uh, hey, can I get to the playoffs with this team perspective, uh, yeah, the, the NFC South is going to be wide open because Tampa Bay has no one if Brady leaves. And so that Carolina looks more attractive to me. If I only have one year to win, Carolina is more attractive to me than than Las Vegas. You could have the best house in a bad neighborhood is basically what we're saying here. Uh, you'd rather the worst. You, you Actually, in, in real estate, you'd rather the worst house in a great neighborhood because that raises the level. But that's not what we're talking about here. John Breach, CBSSports.com, Pick 6 Podcast, super friend. All right, we got... Uh, the Dallas Cowboys playing at the San Francisco 49ers. How much of Monday night was Dallas being great or the Buccaneers being not only bad, but dumb and bad? Because I don't understand why they didn't run the ball more. Yeah, the Buccaneers were horrible. There is no doubt about that. Uh, but, you know, I think that kind of discredits what the Cowboys did because they dominated that game. And look, Tampa Bay's played a bunch of games this season. It's not like they were losing all of these games 31 to 14. They, I mean, they played the 49ers and lost 35 to 7. So I feel like good teams did dominate them. And for me, the biggest surprise was how Dak Prescott played. I mean, this is a guy who he was the first quarterback in NFL history to miss five games and still lead the NFL in interceptions. So he's been a turnover machine all year, and for him to show up Monday night, not turn the ball over, look extremely accurate, uh, that makes you feel good about where the Cowboys' offense is headed. So, yeah, I think that the, the Buccaneers were so bad that it's hard to give the Cowboys complete credit. 
But if I'm a Dallas fan, I am definitely optimistic because of the way Dak played on Monday night. He did. He played He played great. And the only reason why he led the NFL in the interceptions was because Zach Wilson was hurt and then benched. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure that Zach Wilson would have gotten him. From that game, and for people who do not know, uh, your dad was an outstanding kicker for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, did you talk to him about... Brett Maher and what he might have been going through uh, during that game to miss four extra points. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, I know they brought in a kicker. They say he's it's his job. They brought in a kicker as insurance. I'm sure that's a wonderful insurance policy for Brett Maher. But did you talk to him about it at all? Uh, well, you know what's funny is that this kind of tells you how big of a meltdown this is. Uh, at two extra point misses, we had not talked to each other at that point. By the time he missed three extra points, we started texting each other like, oh, my God, this is just a crazy meltdown. Uh, and my dad's just like, this is this is the yips. You just don't see a kicker do this. And by the time he misses the fourth extra point, you know, you start debating whether or not you need to replace him. And so this really puts the Cowboys in a precarious situation because, look, we saw what happened at the end of last year's playoffs. Mike McCarthy or whoever made the dumbest call in the history of football yeah. – they call the QB draw, time runs out. And we spent the whole offseason, uh, you know, kind of making fun of the Cowboys' call, and McCarthy's on the hot seat because of that call. And how does that relate to the kicker? It relates because Mike McCarthy's saying, we're going to stick with Brett Maher. Well, if Brett Maher goes out on Sunday and costs you the game, uh, you know who's going to be hot seat talk all season about bad decisions? It's going to be Mike McCarthy. It's not going to be Brett Maher because the Cowboys can simply move on from him the next day. Uh, but I do think they brought in the insurance Tristan Biscano just in case uh, Maher can't figure things out and starts missing kicks in practice this week. You got to have a backup plan in place. Right. Uh, but as long as he's sound in practice, you know he'll be the guy out there on Sunday. I mean, Brett Maher's missed six extra points his entire career. He missed four on Monday night. He's a good kicker. He had a rough. He had a really bad day. We've all had bad days before. I just might be experiencing one right now, John Breach. Um, did the Bengals have a good enough offensive line today to beat Buffalo this weekend? Uh, if you would have asked me that when Von Miller was still healthy and on Buffalo's roster, I would say no. But uh, without Von Miller, their pass rush just hasn't been the same. So this is, you know, if the Bengals make it to the Super Bowl, I think that the Ravens were the toughest defense they were going to see on the AFC side. And so, uh, hey, look, Joe Burrow has dealt with this his entire career. Last year, last year's version of the offensive line was worse than probably what they have right now, even with three starters out. He knows he's going to take hits. He knows he's going to get beat up. Uh, he got sacked nine times against the Titans, and the Bengals still won. So he knows he has to get the ball out quickly. Uh, and since he's used to this, I do absolutely think they can still win, uh, despite being down three starters on the offensive line. All right, the other game of intrigue, and I'm not to dismiss Jacksonville's chances to beat Kansas City, which I think are very small, but exist because – Jacksonville has a good enough defense, and Trevor Lawrence in the second half looked like a like a, it's a different player. I don't know. It was Fabio in the first half and Trevor Lawrence in the second half. But why do I think the Giants have a legit chance in Philadelphia against the Eagles? I don't know, Adam. I picked them to win, too. I'm picking them to win, and I have no idea why. I can't, it's just one of those weird feelings. Yep. I, I think for me, it's two things. Number one is that the Eagles have not looked good in a month. 
I mean, we're talking about the final three games of the season. Uh, you know, they lost that shootout to the Cowboys, 40 to 34. And uh, Eagles fans will say, well, Gardner Minshew was starting that game. And it's like, well, Gardner Minshew doesn't play defense. Right. The Cowboys put up 40 points on you. Then they lose to the Saints the next week. Didn't look good in that game offensively or defensively. Then Jalen Hurts comes back with the number one seed in the NFC on the line, and they barely beat the Giants' backups. Right. So the Eagles just haven't uh, really impressed me over the past month. And the Giants have done the opposite where, yeah, they, they lost in week 18 to the Eagles, but I thought they looked good with uh, 50% of their backups on the field. They dominated the Vikings. And they just have like that mojo. I, every time the Giants get to the playoffs and win a game, they just get <laughs> hot and get to the Super Bowl. So I just can't pick against them right now. They do have the Giants as a franchise. They absolutely do. They remember going through Green Bay uh, when they were a wild card team, going up and beating the Packers, and then going all the way and winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, there is something about this team. Daniel Jones has played great. Like if if I get this right, in his career before this year, he had seven games where he didn't turn the ball over once he's had nine this year i mean that's i that's brian dable working some magic or it's daniel jones finally getting it as a quarterback and final last thing about quarterbacks aaron Rodgers, is he going to be with green bay in the summer or is he going to be somewhere else this is the year where I really think the Packers have to make a decision because you have Jordan Love just sitting there. There's been speculation that if the Packers are going to roll with Aaron Rodgers this year, then Jordan Love wants to be traded. Uh, but I would be surprised. I don't think Rodgers and Love will both be on the roster come trading camp. So uh, does that mean they trade Jordan Love? I don't know. Does that mean they trade Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. But just listening to him talk, and I don't know if he purposely does this every offseason season. But he's so vague, he could simply say, yeah, if I'm going to return, it will be to the Packers or I'm going to retire. If he said something like that, that makes sense. But he doesn't. He says, yeah, I'm good. maybe I can win MVP, but only in the right situation. Maybe that's not in Green Bay. Who knows? And so it's just the guy just purposely almost – it is almost like it's purposeful that he goes out and starts this drama. So, yeah, I am not sure where he's going to be. If I had to bet on it right now, I would bet he doesn't return, but I wouldn't bet a lot of money. I mean, could he go to the Jets and do exactly what Brett Favre did? Uh, the Jets aren't a bad fit. Uh, and that's the other thing is that the Packers would have to figure out a trade partner. He's got a huge salary cap hit right. for next season. So that whoever team goes after him is going to have to have a chunk of change available under their salary cap. So it's not going to be an easy deal to get done. And then, you know, you have to we're talking about two first round picks for Sean Payton. Uh, what are you going to give up for Aaron Rodgers, who's about to turn 40? Sure, he's you know, won two MVPs in the past three years, but you have no idea what you're getting going forward with him getting so old. Would Do you think the, uh, the Ravens are going to work out a deal with Lamar Jackson, or is this going to stretch into franchise tag territory? Uh, you know, if you would ask me yesterday, I probably would have said 55-45, he's out. But I think with the firing of Greg Roman, that's John Harbaugh saying, all right, you know, let's revamp this offense. Let's do something a little bit different. Um, but I, I do think he gets franchise tag. I just think these two sides cannot agree on a number. And the fact that Lamar Jackson missed multiple games at the end of the season wasn't at the playoff game. Uh, I think it's hard for the Ravens justify writing him a $230 million, $240 million check. Uh, yeah, so I think it definitely starts with a franchise tag, and then who knows where it goes after that. Maybe they trade him 
uh, after giving him the tag, or maybe they do work out that long-term extension, but I do think it's going. there's going to be some drama there. The Cleveland Browns' dumbest contract in NFL history for Deshaun Watson is ruining everything. If they had just given him a normal contract, which he wouldn't have gone to Cleveland for a normal contract, uh, this would not be happening. John Breach, I appreciate your time, man, at John Breach uh, on Twitter. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk again soon. Yep, thanks for having me, Adam. You got it. John Breach here on the Adam Gold Show.